Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where profound discoveries and transformative stories come to life. I'm your host, Josh Perry, alongside delightful Hannah Oxley. Together, we'll be embarking on an inward journey to experience life to a new depth. In this podcast, we'll explore the mysteries of the mind, body, and spirit, delving into the power of breathwork, self-reflection, and emotional healing. Our aim is to help you add authenticity, connection, and joy to your relationships while learning the art of belonging to yourself by being your true, authentic self. Join us as we share thought-provoking interviews and discussions with our inspiring guests who have unlocked the secrets to living a more authentic and purposeful life. Through engaging storytelling and enlightening conversations, will unravel the profound truths that lead to self-discovery and inner growth. Whether you're a seasoned seeker of truth or just beginning your quest for self-discovery, this podcast is for anyone longing to embrace the depths of their true essence. Are you ready to open your heart and mind to embark on this remarkable journey towards deeper awareness? The Deeper Awareness Podcast, where wisdom and inspiration await. Let's journey together, hand in hand, as we uncover the treasures of self-discovery and transformation. Hey, it's Hannah. On today's episode, we sat down with the lovely Amber. Amber and Josh met through playing pickleball and have created a special bond along with a few other friends from the pickleball court. I had the pleasure of holding space for Amber when I was doing my practice hours for my breathwork certification at the end of 2022, and I feel so lucky to know her. Whether you are listening or watching, I can't wait for you to be graced with her presence as she shares her story of finding deeper awareness through meditation, gratitude, and breathwork. Take a listen. Hello, and welcome back to Deeper Awareness. Today, we are so thrilled to have a special friend and a special guest on. Please join me in welcoming Amber Tuttle. She's a dear friend and has been along the journey with me and with Hannah. And we just invited her on because her her energy is so inspiring and she's been a real gift to me and I wanted to share her with our listeners and so thank you Amber for being here thank you (laughs) started off making me cry (laughs) I did not was gonna cry (laughs) that was not yeah that was not part of it so there you go so we're going oh. to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just love you, Josh. <laughs> I just, yeah, I love the authenticity. It's that's oh. all it is. No crunch. There's no crunchy introduction there. That is all authenticity. Um. So, Amber, our first question for you: um, Was there a time in your life or an event that brought you deeper awareness? What was that and how did it shift your reality? All right. So I can think of the exact day my friend Jamie and I went to lunch and she had lost her significant 
have a partner, whatever you would call it. They were living together and he had committed suicide and she was just doing super good. And I was going through some things in my life that like some custody stuff, cause I've been married before and have a daughter and I was going through some stuff that was really dragging me down and I actually had my daughter with me. We both had really low energy and I was just really struggling and she noticed, she was like, what is going on with you? And I noticed that she was doing really good and she just lost this really special person. And I was just telling her about my stuff, which I almost didn't want to tell her about my stuff because I felt like my stuff was not even in, you know how you feel like your stuff isn't in comparison to someone else's. You almost don't want to share. So I told her like, this is what I'm going through and I don't know how to pull myself out of it. And she's like, this is what I did. She's like, every day, I would use this meditation app called the Inside Timer, and I would meditate. She uh, listened to Sarah Blunden was her favorite one, so that's the gal I started with, but um, she would just go on there, and she would meditate and listen to her and then write a gratitude in her journal, and I told Josh this, like, I literally, like, was laughing inside my soul. I was like, this is hilarious. This is like telling me to eat a banana. This is like not going to help me at all. Like, but whatever, <laughs> I'll go home and I'll try this crap. And I just wasn't like that open. Like I felt like, not that I thought I was already in a really good place or was super cocky or conceited or, you know, I just really, I don't know. I, I just thought it wasn't going to be helpful. And so I'm like, but I'm going to do it because like, here's this person that I adore that's doing it. And it's, I can tell a difference in her, you know? So I came home that day, she sent me the app and I did it and I just started doing it. I did it every single day. Uh, I just was really religious about it. You know, I got all the little badges through Inside Timer of like, you completed this many days and stuff. And it was so great that that happened to me because I might get emotional <laughs> because, um, but I'm not going to apologize <laughs> is because my mom ended up getting like that event that was happening in my life with custody just ended up blowing over and it never even changed and it was a total waste of time but my mom ended up getting having some health issues and my dad my mom's always had health issues or had and my dad decided he wanted to get back surgery at like 80 which is crazy and so I decided to go down and take care of him and take you know time my husband was really supportive and go down and take care of him and a bunch of chain of events happened that my parents health took a huge decline and I felt like if I hadn't been in this mind space of uh, doing this meditation, I don't even know what I would have done because I got down there. They live far farther away from me. So in St. George, and I was literally, I have a little family of three kids and a husband and I'm like going down to St. George constantly to take care of my parents and all the crisis they're in. He got MRSA twice, couldn't take care of my mom anymore. He was a caregiver. And the only thing I had going during that time to like get myself out of it was every night I was meditating. I was meditating because I couldn't think about myself at all in the situation because I was like caring for my mom, you know, like literally like a baby caring for my mom. And then my dad's in the hospital with MRSA. And I thought, I actually thought he was going to be the one to pass away. And I'm trying to figure out how to get her on hospice. But uh, the meditation was huge. Like, I think that was my only savior in that whole thing. So I feel like meeting, like meeting up with Jamie that day, having that happen for a totally different reason. And then having this event happen with my parents, like, I think that's, that's the only thing that got me through that. So fast forward to about a, about a year ago, my mom ended up passing away, <laughs> sad. And 
uh, sorry, Josh and I actually were supposed to play in a pickleball tournament together. And I just like, I, my heart was just super broken. And I told Josh, I can't do it. Like I can't compete anymore. I can't show up anymore for, for stuff, you know? Cause like in pickleball, you have to be like a certain level or like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't be a level. I just have to, I'm in survival. So Josh is so sweet. He's, he's like, Hey, what if we like start this group with all these broken people <laughs> that we know? I mean, not really broken, but people that are hurting or struggling because we know a lot of people, everybody knows people. Right. And I'm like, no, I can't share myself with people like I can with Josh, you know, with my sensitive, like this stuff being vulnerable. So I was like, not really open to it, but I ended up going and seeing a friend with another girlfriend and he'd had all these problems. And through him, even though we never got in the group that we did, we decided to start doing this group, this healing group we called, we called it the heart healing group because I had a broken heart and you know, who doesn't want to work on their heart or live from their heart. So through that, Josh started doing breath work and I started doing breath work, um, too, but I originally wasn't open to that either. Was I Josh? I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't know why I'm so resistant to things, but I'm very skeptical of things. Like, I'm just like, that's just not going to work for me. But he introduced me to Bronte right? That's how you say your name. Um, so she was the very first person I did breath work with, which is surprising because I'd heard about Michelle and all the different people that were doing breath work that I just ended up not doing with Jamie just wasn't right timing or whatnot. So with her, I set it up on a Sunday and I was like, I know I'm going to put a wall up. I know I'm not going to be able to embrace this. So I'm immediately going to tell her all about my mom. Just like, I got to break down that wall that I know is going to be there. So I told her about my mom and about my broken heart. And then we started breathing and it was the most incredible experience. Like I had never felt like actual energy leave my body. And I was like, I'm hooked. Like this was so relieving. Like I felt like there was like literally negative grief pouring out my toes. Sounds crazy. But for someone that hadn't done breath work before, it was pretty like incredible to me. And I just like sobbed and she worked me through it. And I just felt so much better afterwards. I literally walked out of the room and my husband like could see a change in me. Like that's how much it changed me just in one day, like one breath work. So I was like, wow, this, this is something that I probably need to continue to do like therapy. <laughs> and so Josh hadn't even really been ready to start doing his hours. <laughs> I started to force him <laughs> to give me breath work and the people that I love breath work, which was awesome because it's given us like a deeper connection in the sense of I've kind of pushed his boundaries and he's pushed mine. And we've gained a lot of growth from that. So I would say that is when I have been feeling the enlightenment. Like I felt it with Jamie in that time frame, and realized that came into my life for that reason to get me through that. And then this breath work got me through the death of my mom, if that makes sense. Like it didn't kill me completely. Like I'm still, but it really helps me a lot. And I know it's a huge tool now of something that I can use in my daily, like I can do it myself now. Like if I want to, just do the breath work or Josh has sent me some ones that he's recorded and 
it's just been amazing. And the people in my life have said like, what are you doing? Or like, what's going on with you? Like people have noticed a huge change, which sometimes makes you feel like, what was I like before? <laughs> was I not, was I not as like a sweetheart before, <laughs> you know, or like, was I not kind before, but you just take it as a grain of salt. Like I'm obviously doing something that people are noticing that I can maybe share with them. And so I had brought up my brother and, um, I had shared this with him like a million times because he's going through a lot of stuff. Of course, he lost his mom as well. And um, he's going through some breakups and some different things like that. And he like wasn't ready, you know. And recently he's uh, he's like starting to do this. Like he's reading and meditating using the inside timer and uh, doing different things. And now I'm like watching him be awakened and enlightened and open and it's been just like so interesting to me because I really didn't see the transformation in myself mm -hmm. of how I was changing or, uh, but seeing it in him has just been like, I will talk to him for like, every time he calls, I answer, I will talk to him for hours. Cause it's like, he's sharing stuff with me and I'm like, oh, this is how I was, you know? And I just, I don't know. It's been really a gift to me and also made me very curious of how I didn't already know these pretty common sense tools like breath, but um, I'm grateful for them for sure in my life. And so that's my deeper awareness mm -hmm. as far as like how I feel. And I feel like one thing also tidbit I'll share is that I've learned through this experience is that to always be a student, like maybe I quit being a student you know, prior to that, I was stagnant and not progressing because I wasn't a student. I wasn't constantly trying to learn and grow. I was just like stuck. I don't know. Didn't know stuff. <laughs> didn't know that I didn't know stuff and that mm -hmm. I needed to learn stuff. So anyways, it's kind of my awareness journey. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, I just wanted to touch upon a few things if I can. Yes. Um, so one thing that I thought was so beautiful that you were talking about was, you know, your awareness towards just having resistance. Like you knew going into it, like that, this was going to be, there's resistance going to be here and you welcomed that. And that's so beautiful. And so then when resistance comes up in any part of your life, again, and again and again, as it always does, because this journey never ends, that you know that it's like, okay, this is something that I'm going to learn from because I'm a student and I'm going to keep going deeper as, you know, as any time that resistance comes up, there's always more of a gift of more awareness. Um, and then when you mentioned your, how people started to notice a difference in you, and I will assume that you have always been a nice person that what yeah. they're seeing though is I think people don't realize how they can see people's auras and energy. So it's something that they wouldn't be able to pinpoint either, but they can just tell that you have up-leveled in a way, for lack of a better word. And the best, I find the best thing when that happens to you is that when people in your life especially people that you love start reflecting that back to you like your brother like you have done all this work 
and he's, you know, he, he's not, you're not leaving him in the dust. Like he is coming, he's growing with you and he's reflecting back all of that stuff that you're learning. And that is so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It's been beautiful to watch because I have five brothers and him and I have always been the closest, but he had kind of thought like, as we've been going through the stuff with my mom, my dad also got married very soon after, and they were married for 62 years. So it's, it was super stressful on my, my brothers didn't realize that it was stressful on them, but their reactions made me know that it was, but he just like, didn't think my mom's death had really impacted him till recently, which it's been over a year, it was a year in June. And so like, he just didn't. And he also, I felt this exact same way before my awakening is that I didn't really feel like I had any childhood stuff. Like, I just didn't feel like I had any, like I felt like I kind of put it all to bed. Like there wasn't really any type of feelings that I had towards my parents and like they did their best. Um, I just, I didn't feel that way. And then as I started to do the healing, I realized that, and with Josh's help, like we did a lot of this together, which bless him. (laughs) He shared a lot of books with me and different things like the no bad parts thing. And, um, I did some work on myself and with him too, like finding some parts of myself. And that one part of the resistance was one of those parts that I said, I already knew about it, like with the Bronte and the breath work, but, and with Jamie, but I found it even more. And when I did that work and I was able to name each part, which was really fun when, when you kind of name parts like, oh, this is my, I called it Sam the skeptic, which that's my husband's name. He's like, did you name it after me? No, but you are skeptical of people, but I named it that because it's just SNS, you know, Sam. And so I just, I know that that's in there now and I can see these different parts of myself and I've been able to kind of deal with some childhood trauma. So now with my brother, He's good. He's doing that same stuff right now. He's like, he had thought he'd put everything to bed because he's gay. And so he grew up gay in an LDS family and had a lot of struggles, but he was like that. I've put that all to bed. Like, I don't even care about the bullying. I don't care about mom and dad. I don't care about, but as he's going through the stuff now, he's like, I'm like this because of this. And I have this because of this. And we have a lot of the similar traumas and triggers and things and it's, it's been really cool. I, I, I think that's another part of this healing thing is realizing that you have protectors and parts of yourself that are there to also protect you from getting hurt again, but then also to see them, you know, and they're negative and they're positive, like this part's here because it's protecting me from like, like me, I, I'm a recovering addict also. So my recovering addict part kept me from like maybe committing suicide because of some of some things that happened in my past and seeing these things that I probably would have wrecked, like been shameful of, like I was shameful of that prior to doing this healing on myself. I was like, that addict in me is like, nobody needs to know about that. I, that's shameful. But now I'm like that addict, Amber, I call it Amber the addict because my name's Amber and it's an A. <laughs> they all kind of associate, but that was my protector. And that was the positive side of that was it protected me during that time so I could get to the next step of my life to get clean and sober and move on. So I think all this work has just been really interesting for me and it's interesting to see my brother do as well. I don't know. I might be rambling, but to me, I feel like all of those little things have just been, I don't know, really good for me to see that I have in there that I didn't know I had until I started doing some of this stuff. 
I love that. I find that's the most important thing is to welcome all parts of you. Yeah, because they're all a gift. They all have to, they're all there to and teach more lessons and protect you. But yeah, you said it perfectly. And I thought I was rambling, but <laughs> I think it's so cool though, because I, I really do as I, I, I don't think that you notice in yourself when you're going through some of these things, like when Josh and I were doing some of these fun things with our friend, Tim, I was kind of like, oh, this is fun. This is our little like thing we're doing together. And um, but then now I'm seeing him do it. And to me, I didn't notice it myself. I just thought it was like a fun activity that we were doing together, but now seeing him do it, not even knowing about my, no bad parts or knowing about any of those things that he's noticing some things within himself from the past that have formed who he is now that have created these things in him that are coping skills. And he calls it practicing now. He's like, okay, I got to practice that. Cause this is just like, Self-love is for him, the biggest hangup for him was understanding self-love, which you would think it's uh, like we've said, common sense, like loving yourself is common sense, right? But self-love and the biggest one for when Josh and I were kind of going through it for me, I self-love is also one for me, of course, is safety, you know, like having safety, like realizing that a lot of areas of your life are not maybe safe or uh, it's just brought out all these things that I just, I guess I just didn't really realize um, existed or I struggled with or could even address, if that makes sense. And with him, it's like self-love is a huge one for him. So that's been kind of interesting to see him do too, because he's like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, it seems like it would be something that we were born with, right? But as we grow up and go through different experiences, maybe we lose all concept of really what that is for us. So anyway, some of that's kind of come out in this different uh, healing and breath work and different things like that too, is uh, working on the past stuff that I didn't know existed. So I've thought about this a lot as, and it's kind of, common for one family member to go first in this healing journey and the siblings or the parents watching this person go through this as they're watching it it it's like confusing they they don't understand and i'm sure your brother if you were to ask him and i know my siblings what I'm doing is foreign or confusing to them. But then going first means you can then turn around and guide. And I love that you're in that place now, that your brother, that maybe you might have felt alone on your journey because nobody went before you in your family. You know, we obviously have each other and, and friends in that way, but there's something really meaningful about having a family member that has gone first and now is, I'm sure, creating depth in your relationship where before it was maybe more surface level because you've gone deep, deeper into you, you can guide him deeper into himself as well. Is that, does that feel true? 
Yeah, I mean, for him, when he first kind of started doing the step two, um, he associated it a lot with like maybe, and I did too, I'm from Oregon, but like hippie, which, mm. you know, where I grew up, people were more hippie, but it was like, oh, well, this is weird. I can't do this. This is weird. And uh, I kind of even thought maybe my husband would be like that because he's more, you know, pretty, he's like military, pretty solid what his um, but he's been super supportive. But I think that that was the hardest thing for him too, is getting his mind around the, that. And then what I had a hard time with it in the sense of that my family is very religious. So by doing these things, for some reason, my dad thought I was being anti-Christ, just like breathing and taking walks. And I guess loving being grateful was anti-Christ. So yeah, I really had nobody uh, like that I thought was really going this direction. And in my life other than friends like you and Jamie and other people. But I think that that's the holdback. Like you're saying, you don't have anybody that's really, you have to come upon someone like you or me or that are doing these things that lead you. And I had nobody in my family. Like even if my mom was alive right now, she would be so disappointed. And the fact that I'm living this way, which is so weird because I'm really not doing anything weird. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you grow up in religion, sometimes they think you don't look within, you look without. You go to God, you pray, and you ask for answers from God. You don't ask for answers within. And a lot of this is inward work, answering, you know, seeking inside yourself, your feelings, using your gut, finding. And so that might seem, I guess, somewhat antichrist. So, yeah, going along with what you said, yeah, I don't know if people really would come upon this if they don't have it. Uh, presented to them by someone in their family so it has it has really deepened our relationship he calls me all the time now and it's like our conversations are so meaningful but also as you guys know as you start to do this you don't have time for unmeaningful not that you don't have time you don't have the desire for unmeaningful uh, conversations in the sense of I know you know what I mean it's like I just want depth in my conversations. I want meaningful relationships. I want the people that, that I know and love to know how deeply I love them, you know? And so sometimes if you're, you might have a relationship that's not quite like that, you distance yourself a little bit from it because it's like, ah, I just, I want a deeper connection. So yeah, ours has gotten so much deeper. I don't want to miss a phone call from him. I'm like, what's he going through? What's he experiencing right now? And I, I want to know. And he told me the other day before he left on this trip, he went on, he's like, you know, stuff. I didn't know you knew stuff. <laughs> I was like, I told you like a year ago about the stuff that I was doing, but I, that made me actually feel really good to have him say that to me. I was like, Oh, I know stuff. <laughs> Is he younger or older? He's older than I am. All of them are older. I'm the baby and the only girl. So wow. Yeah. And we haven't had a strong relationship with uh, our family. Like it's been 20 when, when my mom passed away, the last family picture we had was when I was 21 and I'm turning 46 uh, in September. So it's like, we had a lot of really, really horrible stuff happen in our family. Some really trying things. And that's another thing that's really helped me too, is that this has taught me forgiveness. Sometimes I've told Josh some things where, He's like, well, I invite you to look into this further, maybe not brush it under the rug, but I tend to be super forgiving now. 
I'm like, uh, okay, my brother might've done this in the past, but all is well, <laughs> moving on. But it has really taught me forgiveness. Like I have been able to, not that my brothers necessarily needed to be forgiven, but we had, uh, three of my brothers were estranged from my family since my twenties. So, and now I have relationships with all five of my brothers. So it's been pretty incredible. Like I, my craving for love and desire to be with my brothers and Noam has really increased as well through this, you know, that's great. Yeah. But I am the closest to him and we're, we're the closest in age as well. My oldest brother is 62 turning 63. So crazy, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. So we're quite a bit apart. So I have a new book for you, Amber. Ooh. <laughs> um, it's all on grief. Oh. Um, I can't remember the full title, but it's um, Wild Sorrow Something. And I'll, I'll get it to you, but it's um, the premise is that in our society, we are taught how to cope with grief instead of letting grief take us inside of ourselves to, um, well, to discover the depth that's within us. And um, that, that um, love and grief are, I don't know if they're mirror images, but they're, they're very connected. And that if we try to experience love without any grief, there's, there's no way to do that in this life. We're going to lose everything that, that we have, whether that's relationships or, or stuff or whatever. And so um, he has grief um, rituals. He's in California. And he said when he first started doing this, he had to convince people to attend, kind of like the breath work, right? And then mm -hmm. he, he said now he has a waiting list. And that people will go and it's they set up i don't know if it's some kind of a not a statue but some kind of symbol that they can greet pour their grief out to whether it's anger or sadness or rage or you know all those feelings and he he says they do it some people will sign up to do it annually, but that just by the nature of living in this life, we collect grief in our systems. And that if we're not actively grieving, even, even every day, and he says to us to create an, I think he said, we need to have an apprenticeship with sorrow. Kind of like when the carpenters would take on an apprentice with the hopes that one day they would become the master and that's that's what his belief will change this whole world is creating a relationship with sorrow and with grief i really think that that's great because i i read a book recently that's called the healing heart 
And it was all these stories of all these people that have lost people and they were from all different religions and they'd lost them to all different things, suicide, car accidents, whatnot, you know, cancer or different things like that. And they all shared their stories and how they dealt with the grief. And the lady was kind of interviewing them like, what, what worked for you? And they shared stories, which surprisingly enough, all of the different forms of religion and people all dealt with it pretty similar. They all had some type of a shrine for the, and these are people because when I talk about grief, like I've experienced a lot of grief. Like I lost my 16 year old niece and my uncle and my grandpa all within a month of each other. And so that was, that was sad. I thought I was sad then. Then I lost my mom and that was like a break your heart wide open type thing. So there's different forms of grief, like in the sense of how it impacts you. So these people are talking about their deepest form of grief, not just maybe their aunt died or something like that. And grief is all grief, you know. But listening to their stories was really cool. But I know for a fact, like as you've seen me do the breath work, I let it out when we're doing that. And so I know it's in there. I know I'm collecting it every day and different moments. If I walk by a picture of my mom or think about different things like that, and it just just gets trapped in there. And then I do the breath work. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, you know, crying and letting it out and stuff because I've just been... And I don't think we do have a good relationship with sorrow and grief. Cause like, even when we cry, we say, we're sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, like I was like, I'm not going to say sorry. Cause I'm trying to not say sorry for feeling sorrow or grief or sadness or happiness. I was happy with what we were experiencing, but I don't know. I, I do think that's probably so amazing that he does that and that people have an outlet because you just keep, I know I got it in there. I haven't done breath work for a little bit. And so I know what's in there. The next time I do it, it's going to pour out of me, you know, because we don't have a way to let it out. Like I can't tell my kids or my husband when I'm sad every time I'm sad. I mean, when I first came home from my, my mom's funeral was like not for till two weeks after she passed. So it was a long process, which I'm actually so happy that it was like that because it take, took me time to process what was happening and be able to deal with it the way that I did. When I first came home from her passing, my family didn't know what to do with me. Cause like I was crying all the time, like everything was, and they were kind of like, can you stop doing that? We don't know how to handle that right now. And it was hard for me because I thought I had to keep it inside. Like I had to, but then we went down to St. George and when they closed the casket on my mom, I cried. Like I've never cried before in my life. Like I sobbed and sobbed and my husband saw that and was like, holy cow, she needs to be able to fill this, you know? And he allowed me that which has been amazing in our marriage because now I know that I can freely do that but even when you know you freely can you still feel like you can't like I feel like a year later I'm supposed to be not not crying anymore like people are like oh the first year it's really hard and then you get better and then it's like well actually it's still hard you know it's still hard and you still have your moments but you have to suppress it more now so it's so cool that he's doing that for people. I wish like, is that happening here where we live, <laughs> where you can go and, and do that, you know? Well, I've thought about putting a community together. It feels really scary to even say this, but I, I can feel the importance and it feels like we as humans need it. We as a community need it. And in this, in Utah, where religion has taught us and society, it's not just religion, but we are in this pocket of where, where this religion is dominant and there's a lot of keep it all in. 
that that's it, it's a like how do you grieve in a society that doesn't do emotions i don't have the answer so we need to learn how to do emotions and your husband is the perfect example he's it's inside of us he he saw that and he's like oh that looks like a human need and he's like okay i'm here do it i got you i i don't really know how to do this because i'm a guy but i'm right here yeah it felt really scary to him because he's like what do i tell the kids like you're falling apart all the time and my dad came with me and we are both falling apart you know we would like just randomly start bawling you know and he was just like, oh my goodness, we can't do this. But then he knew after that experience, which I just, he has been the most supportive like person in all of this. Like he sees the change in me. He loves it. He's like, I adore you. I adore what you're doing. I love all that you're doing, but don't expect me to participate because it's scary because he's like, I have stuff in compartments and I want to keep it in the compartments. I've told you this before, Josh. And he's like, I see what you're doing and I love it and adore it, but I'm not he's not ready to open up any of his compartments, which I, I totally get that. And I get it as a man, even with my brother, like my brother coming to terms with like crying, you know, he's, even though he's a gay male, which you'd think they're, they're more sensitive that he'd be open to crying, but he wants to be strong. He wants to, you know, and it is like, I think it's our society has made it probably so much harder, even for men. Like I have no control of it anymore. Once my heart was broken, it's like pours out of me. I have like no control. You've seen me. I'll cry, I'll cry at a, I could look at you on the screen and just start crying because I love you and I'm feeling, feeling things, you know, but with people that, you know, have been told that it's not okay by their parents or whatever, just like could be in a baby or da, da, da. those things all live inside of us, you know, and I know for sure that it's, a lot harder for men to cry. So I think that'd be cool. You, you've had some experiences, uh, you know, with Jamie and Michelle where they've done these men's group and they're just packed, right? You said that they're just like packed to the wall of different men. But I mean, really, like, I don't think that's very common. Mm -hmm. None of my brothers would sign up for that. <laughs> Maybe Jared now. <laughs> you should, Josh, you should do it. Yeah, there's a big need. Mm -hmm. and, and I I feel like the more people hear about it happening, the more it's like there may be like there it piques their interest. They're like, hmm. At where at first it's like, hell no, 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 no. And then it's like, mm, may, maybe. No, 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 maybe. And then all of a sudden they're in the door. Yeah, for sure. I mean, where you're at, Hannah, do they have stuff like that? Where you're like support groups and things like that? Because we're coming from Utah, which I feel like is very, I don't think they have stuff like that. I know it's happening quite a bit more. Maybe it's we think it is because of the uh, group that Josh and I are hanging out in now, you know, that we think it's like spreading. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Is it? What is it like there? I don't know any other breathwork facilitators. And there's a lot of like, I'm part of this um, community in my town, which is great. And there's a lot of um, energy healers and mediums. And there's one medium in particular, Kathy Ripley Green, 
she does these amazing grief retreats and um she is amazing with stuff like that uh but I find I haven't been to one of them but I find that it's mostly women that are open to going to her for me I've had I have three male breathwork clients right now that's all I have at the moment and it's the the breakthroughs that they have because I one of them in particular I mentioned like when he was asking you know it's just that little bit like I knew he was asking so there's he had the desire but he still wasn't sure and so as soon as I told him that it's going to feel like two years of therapy and an hour and a half he was hooked like oh I don't have to talk I just have to breathe and that's gonna feel like I let a lot go I was like that's all it is when you simplify it and he was so excited and he just keeps signing up can't wait for more you know sessions and I just love and then but once they do that there's all this need to or this desire to share once afterwards like oh like this happened this happened this happened so then they do feel like opening up a little bit more so it's it's so beautiful to watch um these these three men go through it it's it's awesome maybe you guys could do this for both your areas josh can do it in his area where he's dealing with (laughs) the grief and the sorrow and you can do it in your area Mm -hmm. that would be amazing because i really believe uh for the most part that I know I got kind of addicted to the, not addicted, but I felt such a release of emotion that it was hard for me to not want to experience that again. Cause I realized how much it's trapped in there. Mm-hmm. And even when I don't think it is, I feel like I'm in a good place because actually probably when I need to go again is cause it's in there. I had gone to a breath work at Tim's office and I thought I was like, not even going to really have much happening. Cause I was kind of like, eh, that day. And I went and I was just like full on bawling. Like, I just know it's in there. And I unfortunately don't have as many opportunities to release it or see the opportunities. I take the ones I can, you know, Mm -hmm. but if I think that that's such a great idea, Josh, I hope you do it. You've had a lot of good ideas. So I don't know which one you should do. Maybe all of them. (laughs) Well, I need some help. Can't do it alone. We know a lot of people that can help as far as like, you have more connections than anybody I know in many communities in the pickleball community and the breathwork community and the all kinds. Like, I don't even know. You even know a lot of real estate agents, man. If you need to buy a house, Josh knows a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, like so many in like elderly people, he knows a lot. Like he knows so many people. them to work <laughs> you have a lot of connections of people you could be like this is what I'm doing and think yeah. of how many people you could help if they were open to it that's the key though mm-hmm. as yes. you know I wasn't open to it at all and then I do believe the steps that I took to get to the point of breath work needed to happen in order for me to be receptive to breath work maybe not everybody is as skeptical as I am of things you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of like, so some of the pickleball friends, I invited them to the men's breathwork event 
and like Tim, you know, and he started coming and then he was a regular. And then I asked another guy and then he started coming and then we asked his friend and then he came and then one of them was like, even a few weeks ago, he said, can you, are there any events coming up? I'm, I'm interested, you know, and now he's asking me instead of the other way around. And so I, it, it's, it's a snowball. It, it just, but it's a little at a time. There's a need and you know, mm-hmm. there's a need. It's just how to get, get it in a spot where it's like can flow together and meet, you know, meet all the people. Like, I don't even know how you would throw together something like that. I know our friends, uh, Jamie and Michelle are really going for it right now with their uh, different things that they're doing. They're doing like different retreats and cold plunges and all kinds of stuff. Cause I get their weekly email and stuff. And so I don't know if they're doing couples like date night things where people do it, which my husband would never do that. Like, but I think that it's so cool if couples do do that, you know, but I don't know where you would go to, like you're saying, I mean, you know, so many people, but how do you really market it in a way that gets to the people uh, that would need it or want it? That's the hard thing. Cause you don't, it's the people that don't know they need it that we're trying to get. So how do we contact them? But I also am, I firmly believe that we're going to look back on this time of Hmm, how, what are we going to do? How are we going to get to this next level of, of spreading the breathwork word and we're going to miss it because as soon as it starts to take off, we're not, we'll never have time. (laughs) We'll just be, we'll have to be turning people down and um, because we're going to be so busy as soon as people get hooked. So finding gratitude for this time of, hmm. (laughs) Because we'll soon miss it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate you letting me be on and share a little bit of my story. And I think you're both amazing. I have thank deep you connections with both of you. <laughs> yeah, it was really an honor to have you on and to hear more, to hear to hear your stories a little more in depth and just the shifts that you've experienced and just the wisdom that you've gained through all of this by really you going inward has you've been able to to share that outward and so just thank you for coming on and thank you for being you thank you for listening to the deeper awareness podcast where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing. Continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show, so feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community. Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness 
fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves, leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within. Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. Goodbye for now, and see you in the next episode.